We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, everything, everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. About, about, about. She is Lisa V. And he's Randall Keith. And this is Brunch Culture, the weekly show where we talk about everything. Why? Because everything is up for discussion. That was like my new intro. Like, wow. (laughs) You're like, wow. I, I was like, yeah, I, okay. I didn't expect the pew pew. That was pew, like, pew, oh, okay. Pew, pew. Like, you got a hidden treasure with that one. <laughs> a hidden, a hidden white treasure, right? <laughs> <Ba-doom>. <laughs> First, we meet me outside, girl. Now we got a treasure. I, I don't want black. To be black. Yeah, I ain't black. Treasure <laughs> says she is Caucasian. Yeah, and, and you know it was so many disturbing things in that video. But what really struck me. Was her teeth? <laughs> now, you know, <laughs> I I don't want to pick at anybody with a gap because I had a gap and my gap is closed thanks to this line. Uh, I got <laughs> one and a half one month, and I didn't I didn't have a gap before, but I had braces. Then I didn't wear the retainer. High school, I don't know if I shared this story with y'all. My orthodontist said, my orthodontist said, you if you don't wear your retainer, your your teeth are gonna shift. I was like, no, they're not really. And lo and behold, <laughs> they shift. Have a gap. <laughs> now I had to get get these aligners again, so it's closed. So I'm not judging people with a gap, but she had a gap everywhere. There was no connection. It was like a staircase. Like I, <laughs> it was like not. And I felt so bad for because I was like, yo, this is a little girl. I don't know how old this girl is. I feel bad. I ain't trying to pick on her. But I feel a little justified in the fact that she's like, black people are, what did she say? Black people are retarded and yeah. dumb and all this stuff. And it was just kind of like, wait, 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 wait. What? Like. And then she huh? said she had good hair. Yo, the good hair thing. She said she has perfect hair. But did you see the clip where she was like trying to like whip her hair and it just like didn't even move? It was like stationary. <laughs> It was, it like, was like I was like she looks like every girl in middle school with a box perm. It's like <laughs> spread out fingers. Just for like, me. <laughs> when they edges look J-U-S-T-F-R-M-E. like <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is going on, girl? She's now like, you gotta stop this. My hair is perfectly straight, and I was like, yo, who is? But so then I felt. I felt bad because I'm like, yo, where did the mom go wrong? Like, if this was, imagine, I started thinking, like, what if I had a child that was just like, I'm not black. And I, I hate, you know, I hate black people and I'm caught. I'd be heartbroken, yo. Like, I don't even know what, like, what do I do? I don't even know if I would have went to, I probably would have sent her to Yana. <laughs> just feel like she need to be yelled at. You need to make her do some push-ups. You need to make her stand in front of a mirror. I mean, Yolanda uh, gonna hug her and put her in the womb. Like you remember she did that other girl, <laughs> that big old lady that she had sitting on. That's no, the girl from Jacksonville. They got stolen. You remember she put her in the womb or something? I don't know. It was oh, weird. Oh, I forgot about that episode. I was thinking about the episode. There was this one episode. This was like early on. 
But it was this lady. She was like a, she was like a, a, I mean, a, a full grown woman. She had her like lay on her lap and she was like rocking her. Mm. I could not stop laughing because it was just like, yo, what is this doing though? Like, I don't know. Like, I get the logic, but maybe if you were like her mom and, you know, it was her mom kind of saying like, I missed the opportunity to do this. So I want you to let's have this moment. But it was just like, she don't know you like that. Like, she just here. Yeah. Yolanda. I don't think she could have. Yeah. You call I can her never say her Lyanna. name. <laughs> I'd be like the lady, you know, the lady with Oprah. <laughs> Treasure was on some other stuff. I don't, I don't know. Um, she must have been on the same stuff that Megan Kelly was on when she talked about blackface. So I didn't even, I, I Meg, the whole Megan Kelly thing, it just kind of caught me. I just saw, I actually saw people saying that she was going to lose her show first. And I was like, yo, what happened? Like, where? yeah, she's already lost it. It's gone. Also, it's gone for real, for real. It's not yeah, even, it's gone. Wow. Yeah. But I mean, she got she. They got to buy out her sixty million dollar contract. So, getting fired on that level when they still owe you tens of millions of dollars. I mean, it doesn't seem like punishment to me. <laughs> but you know, if she's really passionate about journalism, but all she got to do is take that NBC money and go back to Fox News. Then people don't care nothing about how she offended black people at Fox exactly. News. They'll take her back with the quickness. It's funny though because I wonder if anybody had. If anybody, and maybe they didn't, but remember, like, uh, Tamara Hall, they, like, she got fired for mm-hmm. for the whole Megyn Kelly thing. And I remember when the Megyn Kelly show came out, they were saying the ratings were wasn't what they expected to be. And I guess for me, I always thought, like, why not? I mean, that's still equally bad, but, like, why not try to put them together? You know? Like, why not? Mm, that would have been very interesting. It's just... And I just... and I, Maybe that was something that they was just like, that's not going to work either. I mean, either way, it kind of sucks that this show that was apparently extremely successful... And, like, I know what a lot of people that used to talk about, like, watching the show, you just kind of get rid of it. But... It, it it's this other show that didn't really it seemed to be like doing the same thing it didn't seem like Megyn Kelly was bringing something that was like new and fresh and like oh it's just kind of like nah she just we just gonna give her a show I don't, yeah. I don't know I didn't get it yeah I she's gone and so, so Megyn Kelly she said like she said something about blackface was I did read something where she was like she said it was okay in her day or something like that yeah back in her day it wasn't that big of a deal <laughs> Megan and Kelly I'm like, back in your day, a lot she of stuff. Oh. Right, a lot of stuff. Whether and where she comes from is what she's saying. Like where I come from, we just disrespected black people, and nobody had a problem with it. Like we were never reprimanded. There's the whole thing about her uh, talking about uh, uh, Santa Claus, and he couldn't be. It, he was he more than be, likely white. Yeah, he couldn't yeah. be black. And it was just like, wait, what? I heard she said Jesus couldn't be. Black. Yeah, I didn't. Now I didn't hear. I didn't see. I remember the Santa Claus thing. Like I remember when that was said, but I didn't remember the Jesus thing. And then I saw that, and I was like, "But I mean, that's not surprising. <laughs> just, just not surprising at all." Fox News. She has to, you know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure that she would fit. She fits the Fox News. Fox News mold. She never fit NBC to me. I I'm just like what. Why did they pick her? She'll likely go back. She'll likely go back and play one of those. Oh, you know, I wasn't, I apologized and I wasn't offending anyone and I'm here for everybody. She actually might even be like 
Fox News's way of saying that, you know, we 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 get somebody we're getting somebody that is not a traditional right wing, if you will. Like they'll find some sort of way to spin her back in there. And it's like, eh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know who needs who seem to need spinning until you explained it to me. Ashanti only having 24 tickets sold at the concert and it had to be canceled. Yeah, people trifling. People and I was like, it. man, but I went to her like Instagram and she's doing like shows with a lot of people. So I'm like, I don't know. You, you explained that there was more to the story. So I was just like, the headline was just like, I was like, wow, it's like that. Right. And that's why I was, I was real annoyed. You know how I feel about, I love music. I love R&B music. How I feel about like just, you know, black artists in general. I feel like we, and I'm going to say we to say the culture, right? Have a tendency to see people that were popping 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago and be like, oh, you all, oh, you washed up. And I also used to do that. Like, I, I'm not a stranger to it. I had a problem with doing that. Well, not with everybody, but with certain people, I'd be like, oh, you know, this person old because they're not mainstream or, you know, there's the new person that kind of took the lane that they were in and they're super hot. And I. I feel like we almost want to throw people away. Um, and I don't even think we realize that we're doing it. It's just kind of like, oh, this is a new person. You all sit down and it's like, yo, you look at these other people. And I pick on Britney Spears all the time because all of the clips that I'm seeing lately, she's lip syncing. She lips. She not even lip syncing properly. Like she out of sync on the lip sync. So you're not even singing, but you can't even do that. Right. The dance is remember that video that Charlemagne posted. And she was like, hopping around and it was just like what <laughs> but you're like legendary <laughs> you're what people are she's legendary you can't touch britney spears like what's going on so i get annoyed just in general but the headline about ashanti was just like she she posts a lot of times and other people will post like she's always doing like you know that um those throwback concerts and she's still like touring and stuff like that and she still sells so when i saw it, that's why i was like this gotta be fake like this has to be fake <laughs> i don't know and then if you think about two uh promoters that do these concerts they have a lot of like research in the area so they know you know it's it's a big this is a big area for uh, early 2000s R&B. This is a big area era for, area for this type of group. So uh, 24 tickets seem weird. But then when I read the article, and it was like at Stony Brook. Okay, so this is a white school. And mm-hmm. these are college students. Ashanti, the, when she was out, it's like 2001, 2000, 2001. It was like when she was real, real big. These kids mm-hmm. were newborns or not even born. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it was just kind of like, mm-hmm. what? At what point, why would you think that, why would anybody th- be surprised that, yo, she only sold uh, two tickets? I always say, like, if somebody was coming to a young professional group and saying, oh, we're going to feature Frankie Beverly and Ma- Beverly and Mays and the tickets is $60, you know, you might have 24 people that'll go. <laughs> and everybody else going to be like, I mean, it's cool. Like, I respect them, but that's all that's showing up on the bill. Like, they're the mm-hmm. headliners. I don't think I'm paying $60 for that. I'm paying mm-hmm. $60 for something else. You know what I mean? Like, it just didn't... It was like, it didn't fit the group. And it wasn't, like, her concert. It was something that was for the school. Apparently, Tiana Taylor, like, fit, um, she, like, backed out of it. And so they had to scramble to get somebody. And they're like, oh, let's get Ashanti. She's from New York. And it's like, 
I mean, yeah, but you got to think about who the, like, these kids want to hear some, like, mindless music. They don't hear somebody that's singing about, ah, baby, when you touch me. me. Yeah, and she's, it's like, she's more of a mainstream artist now. Like, people would have been, I'm sure they would have got all kinds of people that's, oh, and it was interesting because somebody, I think I was watching something or listening to something, and they were like, well, you know, everybody, um, I think it was, maybe I was like listening to like a clip on YouTube or something and somebody was giving them a review and they were saying, no, you know, it's not because of Shanti. It's just, it's just because her music is bad and don't nobody like her. They could have got somebody like 21 Savage or Uzi Vert or all, all these people that's like current artists. And it's like, yo, you don't get it. She comes from a different era. Like there's not a lot of artists just in general that can be out here doing it for 20 years and be like number one, like the it mainstream, if you will, like it, artists yeah. usually have their mainstream time. And then what they do consistently after that is their cult following. Like they might grab some new people here and there, but it really is like you build up this huge following and that's what sustains you. Like, heck, mm-hmm. I want to go see SWV. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, if somebody was uh-huh. like, SWV, I'm like, oh, I'm going to buy. SWV had albums, but they haven't been, like, number one, if you will, since, what, the 90s? Like, I was a kid, so, you know. Uh. Yeah. And once you explained it, I better understood, because the headline just was, like, crazy. The headline um, was trifling, for real, for real. Yeah. Well, you know, in this clickbait culture, we only wanted to give you enough for you, so you can click just so to you get our like and be like, oh, Look, see, we told you. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, this week has been crazy with the people getting suspicious packages sent to them, too. Yeah. So I didn't even hear. I I mean, well, I heard about it, but I didn't know what was going on. I just saw that somebody said that Maxine Waters, like, got one. Yeah. Maxine Kamala Harris got one today um, that was trying to go to her, but they found it in the... um, sorting facility and the guy that they found so they found the guy who did it he was down south close to miami i'm gonna say i heard he was in florida yeah yeah, people gave me flack for that today y'all floridians trying to kill people and i was like what you talking about (laughs) and he had his whole van covered in like trump support i hate cnn stuff so it was obvious (laughs) yes and they said he was living in his truck as they think he was living in his truck. And I'm like, when they had him on the thing. So the thing is, he's part Native American, but he's a white supremacist. And again, we go back to treasure. Wow. Um, I don't know what's happening. Wow. Because it's just like, it doesn't make any sense. He lived on a reserve at one point um, because he was part Native American. So it's like, what is going on? And he was like, he's a fan of white supremacy and the KKK. I'm like, you know, they wouldn't welcome you, right? It really is. Like, honestly, I don't even know. Because I used to think that, you know, some people did certain things because the line was shorter and it's like it's easier to get the spotlight. But these people, I just don't understand. Because, like, the line that you're trying to get in, they'll probably saw you if you actually get to that line. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not even like, oh, well, you know, I'm I'm pushing this, like, 
right wing agenda. You're on a whole nother level of I want white supremacy and I believe in. Do you realize that even in saying like white supremacy, that means that you are not supreme? And like based on the history, they'll probably off you just based on you just existing. His his truck was confused because he said he had a bumper sticker that said Native Americans for Trump and also like <laughs> white supremacy. I and I was it. just like, just so <laughs> what is going on? Like, what is wrong with the world? Logic between treasure and, and this man, I'm confused. Logic and sense are just, it's, yeah, they're not. This, they're nowhere to be found. This man is part Native American. Risk it all. What's his for name? A white supremacy. His name gonna be like Chest, right? We gonna call him Treasure Chest. Her name <laughs> Treasure. His name will be something like Chest. Because <laughs> I noticed when they said his name, I was like, that don't seem like a like a fully white name, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I couldn't put the pieces together. Not like Billy. <laughs> I couldn't put the pieces together, but as soon as that happened, I was just like, what is going on? Caesar Sayak. Again, you see, it just, you went and... Treasure in Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> A Caesar treasure. Caesar the treasure. <laughs> <laughs> this is some confusion. Let me tell you, look here. At 56, and I, maybe I'm, this is not, because I used to think that 30 was real old, but I realize it's not. But I'm just thinking, at 56, fam, I ain't got the time. The you T, sending these packages. The M or the E. Y'all can run them up. I don't care. <laughs> like, do what you want. Just leave me alone. Like, what the heck? So his former manager said she got in his truck one day and he had cut off dolls. Um, he cut the heads off the dolls and the stuff like stuffed animals and he had nooses and he told her because she was his boss was a lesbian. He was like, Um, you're you're I'm I hate you, but I love you because he she basically was like, He hates all gay people, he hates all minorities, he's pro Trump he all this. <laughs> I don't th- that's the thing I don't I don't understand like it just don't make sense like but a family member I think said he was he had a steroid problem and they said that he had his brain was messed up because of steroids I don't know this seems to have some kind of remnants of everything is not connecting yeah because you on this truck you saying white supremacy at the same time as Native Americans for Trump. No, that's, that's what I was going to say. Right, but you, your truck says Native Americans for Trump, but then you stay out your mouth. You verbalize, I hate all minorities. Okay, so let's, there's a dictionary, right? And if we go to the dictionary, it tells us that minorities mean anybody that is not the majority. Okay, so cool. That's what we got, the baseline. So we look at the majority and we say, it's the white people. Okay, all right, cool. So I'm not them, and I recognize that I'm not them, but I hate everybody else. Bro, what you doing? (laughs) That's a level of self-hate that I don't know if the world is ready for. Don't know and never want to experience, honestly. Like, I, we laugh about it, but I honestly, like, God, please just don't take my mind. Like, I don't... (laughs) Just let, when I do stuff, let, let it make sense. Like, <laughs> let it be sensible. Let there be like dots that I can connect and somebody else can see them and connect those same dots. Like, don't let me out be like, I hate black men. 
If 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 it's real out here, it's was just it one, interesting. Was it one it's like how 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 houseway how how houseway. Like, it's just not as elevated as one French fry short of a happy meal. That's right. That's but he real. might have the whole the whole, all the fries gone in his happy meal. <laughs> <laughs> he just got, got no the fries. He just got that little bag. <laughs> I don't He's even think he got all the with the he crumbs the sitting in there. And the saddest thing is, he don't know. He's just chewing away. Ain't putting nothing in his mouth. <laughs> Nothing's going on. He's just out there, just eating. But I got a meal, I guess. This is a bad part of Florida. At least we have Andrew Gillum uh, to represent another Florida dynamic. <laughs> As my grandmother used to say, a hit dog will holler. I only saw the clip and I got so excited. I was just like, this is one of the, you know, everybody. Are you you already switched? Yeah, I switched. So I'm no longer a resident of Florida. Oh, I didn't know. It's weird. A lot of people doing absentee. I was like, I didn't realize that there was so many people they were talking about, like they were saying in different states that just never switched over. Yeah. Like it took, I shouldn't say this on air. Well, yeah. So I switched over. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird feeling, though. It really is weird. I didn't even think about like how long I've been a Florida resident, like a vote, and so much so that when the switch happened, I had to remind myself that no, you got to look for like local people where you are. You can't keep mm-hmm. looking up Florida people, like. You know what's going on in Florida elections, but have no idea about the people that's around the corner. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I actually do live here now. And I, I, I had to get myself out of that, like, I'm going home. Like, this is a question I used to always ask. Are you going home for Thanksgiving? And it's like, no, home is here. Like, I live here now. Like, this is my home. It's, yeah. I still have to, like, check myself sometimes. Cause, so I was like, yo, no, Jacksonville, Florida is home. It's going to always be home. It's yeah. what it's always been. Now I'm like, oh, no, that's my mom's home. My mom. <laughs> it's still your home. That's where you come from. It's going to always be home. It's like, all right. All right. Well, I'm thankful Andrew Gillum said the racist think you were racist. That that line was hilarious. Because yeah, was... the scientist is just playing a very interesting role. Um. I'm not going to call him a racist, but he definitely is buying into this racist rhetoric. And he knew he had to know it was going to be heightened because there is a black uh, candidate. Absolutely. And when he said monkeying them up and then the robocalls, and I'm sure that as we get closer to um, November, it's just going to intensify. Um, but he is leading in the polls. Andrew is. Um, so I'm excited to vote for him. I'll probably be voting for him on Saturday. Woo, 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 woo. Um, and because, yeah, he Which was like, it's, it's, you just vote for him because he's black. And I'm like, no. I <laughs> Have you seen our alternative? Exactly. I actually had to. Ex- I had that conversation with my little brother, which I was really excited. So my little brother just turned 18. He actually uh, turned 18 yesterday. Shout out to him. Um, and we were having a conversation and he was basically expressing that, you know, he wants to research the candidates because he wanted to make sure that it's like he's voting for the candidate that he should be and not because this person is black. And, you know, when people make those statements, I cringe. Um, because it's, I'm like the responsibility for the other has never been there. Like nobody, there are people, there are black people that have run 
nobody's ever said to or I've never heard a, a person say publicly or that be something that's a thing for white people. Don't vote for them just because they're white. When there is a black like you don't say in this same time, you wouldn't say, oh, don't 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 just go and vote for for uh, this other guy just because he's white. Like nobody says that. And I told my brother, I was like, hey, the reason that you need to do research is not because just so you don't vote for this guy because he's black. Right. Because he is black. And so you could assume that he identifies with your black experience that's okay. You know what I'm saying? It's absolutely okay for you to say like, Hey, this person, I just assume based off image or their, their look, they will, uh, they will identify with my experience. So you want to research so that you're an informed voter holistically. And if you choose to vote for somebody else, cool. You did that based off research, but don't let your motivation for doing research is because I don't want to be one of them people that's vote for somebody cause they black. How many people you think voted for people just because they were not black? Like, <laughs> that's, you know, like, I don't know. I it, I cringe when people say that, like, yo, shut up. That's not a thing. And if it is a thing and people want to do that, that's because they have some hope that this person is going to identify with their experience. Now, they could be wrong and they could find out that, hey, that's not the best way to approach it. And that's cool. But how many people do you think that voted for Donald Trump because he was a white male? Hmm. A lot. Yeah, a lot. Because they felt more comfortable with a white male than a white female? Mm, yeah, a lot. Nobody was yeah. like, don't vote for him because he's a white man, just because he's a white male. Nobody cared. And this educational system we got in Florida is atrocious. <laughs> and we're lagging in every... We're lagging in testing scores, I think, behind it, almost every other state. Really? And I'm like... Like yes, standardized test scores? Yeah. Wow. And I'm like, and I have, I do some, I haven't been in a while because I've been busy, but when I was doing mentoring at the high school uh-huh. and just being like, this junk is just, it's jacked up. And I'm like, we can't keep going this route. And I feel like somebody like Andrew Gillum because he's been um, the way he grew up and just, how he uh, he seems to understand the issues yeah uh, would be more suited to help the educational system especially for minorities because we are lagging behind especially in florida and it just doesn't make any sense the way they're teaching the way they push teaching the test and not teaching the student so mm, something has to be done. yeah i remember being i was concerned about that just in general i remember um realizing that there was such an emphasis being put on passing these tests that I was like how much how much are how how are these kids able to like critically think outside of a box Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember my homeboy uh, sharing this book I'm actually going to ask him the name for it the name of it but he was telling me that he was like reading this book he's in like higher ed and they talked about like the shift of the style of education around I think it was in the 70s this is like post the 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 height the height of the civil rights movement in the 60s um the powers that be if you will realized that one of the things that allowed all of this like mobilization and these like new ways to come up with it to innovate and to try to like subvert the system was that people were being taught in a um like a free critical thinking way. So it wasn't like question and answer tests and like multiple choice and true false. It wasn't that it really was. Um, here's a question, write, write an answer. 
analyze it, think about it. And you were being graded on your ability to do that. And so that shift kind of put people, it kind of trains you educationally to not think outside of the box and to be more of like, here are the rules. I got to follow them. Um, here's what it is. And you gave me the answer. So now let me just regurgitate the answers about me being able to memorize as opposed to me being able to like think individually. And Mm -hmm. I I was like, yo, that's actually really, it made a lot of sense because even now, like in the professional world, engaging with people that seem to find it to be so hard to kind of think about, make connections outside of what they've been showed. Like I got to see a checklist or I got to see a, you know, write me out a how to, and I'm just going to follow every step in that how to. And if you don't tell me to click X, then I'm not going to click X, even though X is the biggest thing on the, on the screen and it's green. Like, well, you never told me to click X and it's like, wait, (laughs) like when do you think on your own? Like, when do you make those kind of connections? So I remember seeing that like amongst my younger siblings on there and then in school and being like, Hey, no, 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 no. You got to think about what this means. Don't just regurgitate the answers. Don't read something and tell me what you read. What do you think about what you read? How did it make? How can that possibly be useful? How can you use that elsewhere? Like what's supposed to happen? (laughs) Is it not just you read this? I read the book and I remember on sentence two, they said her name was Sarah. So the answer is Sarah. Okay. Yeah. And it's just, it doesn't really teach or promote critical thinking. And I remember, so I did, I went to Stanton. Uh, I was a Stanton dropout. But, uh, did you say Stanton dropout? Yeah, I left. <laughs> anyway, but I just remember like when I went to like First Coast and um, they they didn't have any space in honors classes when I first switched over. So I had to take one like regular class and I was just like, what is going on in here? <laughs> like, <laughs> you say, what is going on in here? <laughs> what did y'all come here for? Yeah, and after that, I was like, never again. I took all honors. I was like, I can't be amongst um, commoners. <laughs> I knew you was going to say that. I can't be amongst the commoners. It's so funny, like, in high school, people saying that. I remember hearing people all the time say, like, Stanton... Stanton people that go to Stanton, they so bougie. They think they're so much better than everybody. And I used to be like, yeah, I think that like ninth grade. But by the time I became a senior, it was like, no, it's not that I don't, I don't think that I'm better than anybody, but I've done so much work and I've been required to do so much and balance so much and think about so much and answer stuff and write these long behind papers that if I don't give a sound thought that makes sense that somebody can follow along with what I'm saying. I could get it back and it's like read all over. It's like, you just told me what, uh, was in what the book said, or you just told me what we talked about last week. I don't want to see this. I want to see what you thought. What is your new thought about it? How did this relate to your life? It's like, God, Lee, once you have to go through that, it's like, well, don't just give me no basic stuff. Like I don't, (laughs) A true or false test is almost an insult. Like I just what? and the way they was teaching, I was just like, What's happening? Like and so when you go to honors, it's like they teach you, you know, how to they're not teaching <laughs> you how to pass way. the they're not it's it's because 'cause they're not teaching you how to pass the because they assume you're gonna pass it. Right, right. 
And that that's a that honestly is a real thing. I know we just like got super sidetracked, but that's like a real it's a real thing just in terms of I remember t- I was talking to a friend. It's interesting. We were talking about this like last week and I was saying, you know, in high school for me there wasn't an emphasis on um let's prepare you for the test because mm-hmm. it was expected that you were going to pass. Mm-hmm. And the people I remember people got like these little white letters after we took like the PSAT. Mm-hmm. And I think the white letters meant that you had to take it again or something. I know it meant you failed, but I don't know if they made you take it again like right then. But I want to say maybe I knew of three people that got a letter out of like the whole, like all of everybody that I was in contact with. I only knew of three people that got a letter. And I remember thinking like, dang why you got a letter like you must be real smart <laughs> and then one of my friends telling me like no i ain't get no letter because i was smart i mean i got a letter because i ain't passed and it was like oh word like that's what i mean and it was just like there was no we didn't talk about here is how you you know the test is gonna look like this even for like the sat and the act um i was listening to a podcast and that's actually what started the conversation they were talking about that and i was like you know my high school we took the PSAT and then, yeah, we took like the FCAT and then that was it. Like nobody was telling us. And then it was like about AP exams and stuff like that. But even those exams, nobody was giving you test prep on like how to pass. It was like, you got the knowledge, you're going to pass. You know how to use it. So ninth grade, the only thing I could say about that Stanton did equip me for ninth grade English. We took this, we watched this video on how to beat the test. Like how to do standardized tests. Uh-huh. And when I tell you that video, I was like, why they don't teach this to all the kids? <laughs> that video was so helpful. It helped me do good on the SATs. It helped me like it was just it was like how to beat the test. And I was like, man, they really just saved this for the privilege. Yeah. Like <laughs> you re- you realize real fast though at Stanton how much stuff came from you were just you were amongst the privileged, and so you got a little extra knowledge that other people didn't get. That you realize, if you actually told other people this, this would probably help them a lot. Like, we probably wouldn't see what we see if y'all shared some of this stuff. Even the quality of books. Like, I remember, <laughs> <laughs> I remember having a friend that went to another school, and it was like, oh, I'm missing my chapter uh, one through five and twenty through thirty. Like, like, wait, what? How you missing the chapter? Get another book. They don't got no more books. What? Yeah. <laughs> now I can say at First Coast we didn't have that problem because First Coast still was a little that was ocean way, so it was yeah, still kind of like a different community. Yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, we was amongst the whites, as my friend called. <laughs> <laughs> my friend has this is totally completely crazy, but he kept calling. I would say, you know how you say white people. He said, "No, I refer to them as the whites." <laughs> Lisa say the whites, <laughs> and I'm. like, he was like, because that helps you, like, think about how you need to deal with them. I was just like, he's so dead serious. And he got me saying that sometimes, too. I had to catch myself. But anyway, it's, it's yeah, it's crazy that, yeah, it's Tupac says we ain't meant to survive. It's a setup. <laughs> right. But, uh, y'all, let us know what y'all think about our, um, uh, well, most of the time, OJ, I'm trying, I'm about to say Toaster Rose. Most right. of the Caesar Treasure. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag ChatBC. We'd love to hear from you. We'll be back with our main dish.
All right, guys, and we are back for the main dish of our show this week. This week's main dish is going to be what are we talking about? We're talking about the red, red table, table talk, right? The red table talk with Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith. Mm. Very interesting. So I I watched it because at the recommendation of one of my friends, I actually like the Red Table Talk. I think it's pretty cool. Um, I think the Red Table Talk is kind of what Iyanla wishes she was doing. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody be nobody be life being fixed. (laughs) I leave her talk feeling confused. (laughs) (laughs) Like what? You know, not on my watch, you know, uh, come into my bosom, rock me to bed, uh, nasty, vile, gutter snipe, right about the hood. Like, that's all the stuff you know. You don't know, like, real life changing stuff. So I feel like the Red Table Talk, what I've gotten is really, and it's not even like it's like a bunch of profound stuff. It's really simplistic stuff, though, and just kind of like the application of that to her life, to somebody else's life, and how she had to go through this journey in order to get to a place. And so, anyway, I like the Red Table Talk. It's actually pretty dope. And I've always loved Jada Pika Smith. Um, so, I was like, no matter how good or bad it was, I was going to watch it just to look at her. And this is it, past the, episode, is it the red table talk or it's the red table? It's the red table I, talk. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, normally I butch up names. <laughs> so I was like, let me make sure before I just... <laughs> I'm watching the red table. What happens at a red table? <laughs> but um, yeah, so this past episode was uh she featured Will Smith, which was highly anticipated because they started to talk about their relationship, which Everybody knows, you know, people have speculated. They've been relationship goals for years on end. Um, And then people talk about them being swingers and all of this stuff that they do. And they never really directly answer or not answer stuff. They never really give details on how stuff works. Um, Jada Pinkett has had she's done interviews where she kind of like. Uh, walks around direct questions and she says stuff like people will be like you know if will smith you know went and cheated on he had sex with somebody else would you break up with him and she'll say like you know i am not into controlling anybody i tell will that if he wakes up if he can look at himself if he does something he can look himself in the mirror and be happy with it then that's all i can ask of him and it's like well so what does that mean do you or don't you (laughs) so it was it's you know it's because of that people really hype to see their relationship and so they this was like the first part i i forgot that it was a part two until i just watched it again um and they started to talk about you know their relationship and some different things that happened and i thought it was really there's so many things that they talk especially watching it a second time i watched it twice watching the second time i pull out a lot of things um that talked about like the dynamics of them of the two of them that i feel like was really powerful and people don't normally talk about when it comes to relationships um especially amongst us for our generation i think we kind of exist in on kind of two different uh poles like one pole is that you know you gotta you gotta get married fall in love and just be together and like you should expect to do that you went to college you are successful you have a good career relationship and marriage and children and all of that should be in your like in your 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 eye your view you should be planning you should either have it or be working to get that and then there's the other side that's just kind of like you know i'm single and 
I'm doing me and you know if it happens it happens if it don't it don't I'm not really pushing it I don't really care that's not really that big but I think watching this it was interesting to me to see people that kind of existed in those places kind of merge together but seeing how not really being true to themselves formed so I thought that I thought that was interesting. Um, I guess we can kick it off. Do you want to just do you have one thing you want to talk about or do you want to I don't want to, you know, I have a tendency to talk about. So the thing about the when I watched the whole thing, I watched it, I think, twice mm-hmm. or a time and a half. I don't know. I don't know if I watched it all the way through the second time. But I just was the thing that stuck out to me was the level of unhappiness that Jada had this whole time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man. People used to say, Will Smith, Jada, Smith, Jada Pickett Smith, relationship goals. You know, we have hashtag relationship goals. You see pictures. And I think it's a reoccurring theme when you see like J&B, when you see um, uh, Will and Jada, like the measure of unhappiness that you see when they tell the real story. <laughs> it's like, especially in this, it's like we're trying to be people that don't want to be themselves. Right. And... I think that's something that we should take from this as I was listening. It's like, man, you don't know what people are going through. And it's just amazing, like, the measure of success they had and the disappointment they felt. So it's like, man, they have success in every area of their life except their personal development. Right. And it just was a reminder for me to not let my career success be the gauge for everything else in my life. Absolutely. Like that personal wholeness has to be paramount. And we both stress that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because if we were both gauging where we are by and saying, well, I don't need to talk to anybody or I don't need to make sure I take self-care. There's no evidence of it. Yeah. Yeah. We wouldn't be doing some of the things we were doing. So obviously we both take it seriously, but it's just a reminder and reiteration like, man, no matter where you go or what kind of success you get, make sure that you are taking care of self. And if you're taking care of self, that means your personal emotional development. Yeah. And so it just, it was a reminder for me that, that I think it also kind of along those lines of being a reminder of taking care of self. I think a part of taking care of yourself and at least is what really stood out to me is being honest with yourself mm-hmm. um, and exploring what that means and it's what was interesting and i kind of put it out so they talked about um we'll kind of go back but i'm just going to start here so will smith said he his wife divorced him his first wife said she wanted a divorce he didn't believe in divorce he's like i'm not getting divorced and she was like you're gonna make be with somebody that doesn't love you and then he was just like you know what that was it like i realized i shouldn't do that she doesn't want me so he said he walked out of I guess an interaction with her went to his car. He had Jada Pekin's number. He called her and was like, Hey Jada, what's up? She's like, Hey, she's like, are you, are you seeing anybody? And she's like, no, I'm not. He was like, okay, now you're seeing me. And she said, she the rebound. Yeah. But she says, she's like, and stupid me, stupid me. Like I said, yes. And so immediately that's how they got together. And it was interesting because it was like in that moment, she had just, they talked about her having just purchased a farm in Baltimore. She was quitting the industry. She was done with it. She was going to go live on a farm that she wanted that life. She wanted like the regular farm life. And so from there, he says 
she ends up flying out back to L.A. to be with him. And she was giving that up. She she had bought a house. You can be that. She he said she never spent the night in the farm in the, her farmhouse. She had never she's never spent the night in it. So she bought it and never stayed there because she immediately went to be with him. And I was just like, dang, it's interesting that in that moment she gave up what she wanted. And I'm sure a part of her probably wanted a relationship or liked him or and they never explore like what was going on in her life prior to that. Like, it, you know, because it's him being interviewed. So he's talking about it. So she didn't say like, you know, I, I just got in a bad relationship or nothing like that. She just says that she signed up for this and mm-hmm. then they start dating. And two years later, she has a kid and then she they want to get married, but she never wanted to get married. But now they got to get married and her mom is crying to will and saying like, she doesn't want to have a wedding. So now she got to have a wedding. And Jada says she never wanted a wedding. And so it's like, you see how not being honest with herself about what she wants and kind of prioritizing what her wants and needs are kind of got her to this place where she's had this life that she turned 40 and became unsatisfied with. And she realized like, I can't do it anymore. And what's another interesting part to me was that like, She never said that she hated her life, but it was like she found the things that could make her happy in that. So it's like, this is a life that I'm not, I didn't want, I didn't really sign up for, but I'm finding the happiness in this, which is coming by way of like really loving on her kids and just, you know, being, uh, being happy to see Will like live his dream. But still in that, like she came to a point to realize that, yo, I got to prioritize me. Like, I can't lie. If I'm lying to myself about where I'm at and what I want, then I'm going to go through all this and still have to go back to that place in order to find true happiness. Still go back to that place where I got to take care of myself by first being honest with myself. And I was just like, dang, that's powerful. Because, like, we think a lot of a lot of I feel like ambitious is something that a lot of us uh, young professionals, millennials connect on in some sort of way. We have some sort of ambition, right? The person that's 30 years old and still trying to be a rapper, which people will be like, Oh, this person's 30 years old and they are trying to be a rapper. It's time to give up your rap career. But that person has a dream and ambition in the same way that somebody that's like, Hey, I'm in the corporate world climbing the corporate ladder has, it, or I'm an entrepreneur and I'm signing. We all kind of connect in this, like, we want we we're ambitious enough to do something else and it's like yo we we can we we tend to do that and we tend to kind of go after that but not realizing that yo like there's a there's a level of 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 honesty that we got to have with ourselves and not just think that hey you know i have all of this she has the picture she's the picture perfect uh the perfect picture perfect example of what like having the best marriage is the best children your children are kids and they're like having number one box office movies and a number one single and a, a world tour and all of this stuff and like you sitting there he said she was crying like I don't want that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, mm-hmm. I'm not happy with that. And that to me, I was like, dang, like, even with all of that, even with that ambition that we have and, and having all this stuff, you can attain that and still fall flat. And like, maybe you're not miserable with everything in your life, but truthfully, it's not what your heart wants. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. 
Yeah, because it's like everything he was giving her, she was like, of this house, and he called it her lake. And he was like, I had to, she said, you didn't build this house to me. You Which was a house. lame name, by the way. Her <laughs> lake? What? What does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> she built this house for you. And it's like, Will was trying to, she was miserable in a sense. It's, I wouldn't say she was completely miserable because, like you said, she tried to make the best out of what it was. But she was not, you know, really excited about everything that was taking place. Right. And he was trying to mend what was broken in him through creating this reality that Willow shattered. <laughs> when she said, it's not us. <laughs> that was that was pretty funny. Like, And I was like, yo, imagine... I don't even have any children, but I can imagine that crumbling. Your daughter, you feel like you're doing all this stuff. You're like the best dad award. Because remember, he used to like take them to like the the Nickelodeon awards. And, you know, he's taking pictures. They were on Oprah and all of this stuff. Like the kids get to see themselves on TV. And your daughter is nine. And she says, (laughs) daddy has this image of this family and it's not us. Like, so that means that in all of the stuff that you've been doing and showing, she can still feel that she is not what you really want. Like, what the, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, <laughs> yeah, I'd have been jacked up. Yeah. And it, it was just like, man, I, I didn't, I thought it was interesting too, the ways in which, like, what confused me a little bit was they bragged on their ability to communicate. But I was just like. But were y'all really communicating if she wasn't really excited to be here? Like I just you that yeah. was that was missing me. I was like, I guess we just weren't communicating because they were like they didn't they didn't raise their voice, they didn't get upset. I mean, they got upset with each other, but they would just walk away. But I'm just like, at what point did we were we? How can we be communicating so effectively and be missing each other so majorly? Well, I think that they were not. I think that because actually when they said like they were good at communicating, they like didn't curse at each other and all and didn't raise their voice. I was like, oh, I think that's really dope because that's extremely hard. That's extremely hard to do, especially when you're somebody that was in a Jada saying like the way she couldn't do it. She was like, I couldn't do this in the way that it, it, it worked. So she has this like discomfort um, or things that she's not happy with, but she's still able to not blow up at somebody because to me, I'm thinking like, if you're not liking every aspect of your life, I would be blowing up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mm-hmm. wouldn't you be going off? But I think it also was her. And she said, I took it as, you know, her saying like she battled with herself too. There were times that she felt ungrateful. And I think that comes, that goes back to like, just not being true to who she was. She's battling with this sense of you're married to Will Smith, the Will Smith, like the, 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 this guy has, you know, all of these awards and, and he's known and he's the Fresh Prince. And so he's known and back in the day and he's known in today's time. And you have children that are talented, that are healthy. You have this family. You guys can go wherever you want and have all this stuff. And so she felt that but she was like, I feel ungrateful for all of that because any woman would want anybody would want to be in my situation. And I think I think they were still able to communicate just in that she wasn't she hadn't she couldn't communicate that because she felt bad so Mm -hmm. it wasn't like 
uh, I didn't take it as like a, uh, an inability to communicate, but it was more of like an internal battle with her that like she had to get to and get past. Um, cause even in like her, her saying like when she got to 40, she realized she couldn't do it. I felt like that was probably the time that she was really, really honest about herself, about, you know, everything with herself and sticking to it. Cause you know, when he talked about them doing the like Nobel peace prize and the whip my hair and all that stuff. She was on Hawthorne. And Hawthorne, it's so funny, I remember the show, I remember wanting to watch it because Jada Pinkett was the lead. And so it was like, this is a moment where you are getting what you want. But Mm -hmm. truth, uh, quote in quotes, like you're getting what you want in quotes, but truthfully, it's not the way you want it. And it's not not really truly what you want. It's kind of like you're also in doing this. You're fitting to his image because he like lit up when he talked about that time. He was like, when we do things together, we like excel in the material world. Like we succeed and like that's our thing. And it was interesting because I was like, yeah, doing it together, you guys do it. But I wonder if for her, and I guess what it seemed like is that excelling in the material world in that space wasn't important to her. You know what I mean? Like if you also think about it, she just left, she's an actress. She just left Hollywood. I think, um, they got married. He would say it was what? 20 years ago. So it was like 98. So she Mm -hmm. had done. Yeah. She, she done like set it off. She done. She, yeah. Jada Pinkett Smith had a name. She was the, the go-to, like one of the go-to black actresses that people would go to. So it's like, she had a career of her own. She was given all of that up to go live on a farm. You know what I'm saying? Like imagine the success and the numbers and all of this stuff that that wasn't important to her. So having that stuff and being able to be like, Oh, I'm on Hawthorne. I'm on this, this hot show and it's highly rated and I'm doing all this. She probably ultimately, I just don't really care about that. Like I don't, (laughs) that means nothing to me. So him saying that like when they get together and they excel and it being such a positive thing for her, it probably, that's probably why she was crying. Cause it was more of a, yeah, fam, I'm not interested. <laughs> like that's not, that doesn't, that doesn't excite me in that way. That doesn't make me like, you know, over overzealous. And I just feel so fulfilled and accomplished because we got all these numbers and people are looking at us like, who cares? I want to live, bruh. I wanted to live on a farm. You know what I mean? Like that is, those are polar opposites from each other. Mm-hmm. And then, and she said that it was fear. So fear kept her from never like living out what she actually wanted to do. Yeah. And that, um, that like, it was like an uppercut to me. Cause I think, I'm hearing, I'm hearing so many times how like, and realizing too, just in my own life, how fear influences certain actions. And I think if we're not honest about it, like we won't do things or we'll forego opportunities or miss opportunities because we're so focused on like the fear part and, but not even realize that it's, it's fear that's making us do this thing, you know? And so mm-hmm. when she said that, I was like, wow, it's interesting. Cause you know, here's somebody that for all reasons, I, I would say she was fearless by agreeing to, you know, go just start this relationship with this guy. Right. <laughs> I would say she was fearless by being like, Hey, I'm, she's an actress and she puts herself out there. She auditions. She is in Hollywood. She's scrutinized. She's all of this. Her family is like, these people have to be fearless. And it's like, nah, man, like maybe I'm not fearless in this space, but I'm still 
they still have fear in other things. And I'm a I'm fearful and productive. Like mm-hmm. that's you know what I'm saying. Like I feel like that's one of those things that's like, yo, really examine yourself because you have these things and these things are great. But like, how much of this is driven by fear of something else? So, mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> like it really yeah. It, yeah really like i sat down and you know i'm a, a bit of a nerd so like i actually sat down and started taking notes of what they were saying <laughs> and as i'm like going through it i'm just like whoa like that's interesting to to view it that way that's interesting to think about it and also consider all this other stuff that's going on and think about how that in in this like in fear it could still be present in that mm-hmm yeah, it was interesting that I, I I wondered from the conversation, did she ever feel like she was Will's first choice? Um, because I mean, when he's telling the story, he's like, I went there to meet her, but I saw Sheree and she caught my eye more than the person I intended to be with. Um, well, he, he never met. I thought he never met her, though. He never met. He went there to meet Jada, but then he he met uh, with Sheree, his first wife, and then he just like married her. So it was like technically Jada, I guess, in the scheme of following like with what they say, like technically Jada was who he was interested in. So I would think maybe his first wife didn't feel like the first choice because it, it in in a way, and I mean, I I would imagine if they're telling this story. They've told it to the first wife, and she yeah, has no I, problem with it. I wouldn't imagine with she watching this, and they yeah. fooled now. I was just like, oh, because it that kind of hurt. Yeah, it fall. seemed very like, whoa, like she, you weren't even this marriage that you guys had. Like, it was that even? And I'm, you know, I'm sure he had like emotions and stuff in it. But what was interesting too was that they said that she divorced him, and he mm-hmm. was like, she said, like, would you want to be with somebody that doesn't love you? And so I was like. That's even more interesting, too, because truthfully, the way it sounds is that, like, she left you, bro. Like, you didn't leave her. And it wasn't like, and I think maybe I'm just so used to hearing, like, oh, you know, he's a celebrity. He broke her heart too many times, you know. And he finally was just like, I don't want to deal with you no more. I'm done. Let me go to the next. But it was like, no. He was like, yo, I'm stuck in this um, because I'm married to you and I'm not getting a divorce. And she was just like, I don't love you, though. Like... (laughs) Whoa, you know what I mean? Like, so I would, I would imagine that the maybe the first wife would feel. I would think maybe the first wife would feel like not the first choice, even though she married him first. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. yeah, it it is definitely. I feel like very interesting that she, um, their whole dynamic of how they like got together and yeah. how they're cool now. It's just very interesting i always like i always like things like that that's actually why i want to i just reminded myself that i need to buy mashonda's book because i i think that i always like when and this is kind of i grew up in um in, in a single parent home my parents were divorced separated for a long time i my i've never my parents have never been together my entire life but they were married and there's a whole other thing anyway and so I've seen I've kind of the whole idea of like a blended family and having to like 
work with somebody that is not your child's um, parent. And even for myself, like not having work with like a step parent that's always been present in my life. Um, but I've seen a lot of the bad sides of it and how it can harm both parents involved and the child. And I've witnessed a lot of that. So I actually get really excited when I see people that are in that kind of like current and X type space find a way to like have some sort of relationships and to respect each other and seem to be able to have like a genuine conversation with each other where there is not a lot of, well, you know, she's did this and you know, she's and be able to say like, you know, once upon a time I disrespected you and I feel justified in it. And another once upon a time I disrespected you too. And like, you know what I'm saying? Like being able to honestly talk about it, but being so grown up as I call it, that you don't, you kind of let go of the, oh, you know, you were supposed to be my replacement or what have you, whatever it is, like all of those feelings. I really like to see people do that. Um, and so I've seen it happen and you kind of question like the authenticity of it. But I guess seeing I'd watched the episode with uh, his first wife and there seemed to be there seemed to be. I could definitely see how in some cases, maybe they probably still disagree on certain things. Um, but there was this level of like, I, I genuinely want to respect you and I genuinely want you to respect me. And at the end of the day, it was so long ago. It's really no hard feelings. Like we're, we're good in this. Like I love seeing that type of thing. Yeah, it definitely does seem like that's why when they were saying that, I was just like, did y'all have this conversation before? Yeah, I said they had to. They they had to. Have. I feel like she probably has heard it so many times or talked about it. She probably has talked about it with them that she's just like the only difference is y'all finding out. But I I've been all know. I've been knew this. I've been felt this way. Like, and it's interesting too because there was no internet back then, so we don't know the details of what happened between him and his first wife. You know, so. Because I would imagine if somebody were to say that now, they'll be like, uh-uh, because according to the YBF, <laughs> you left her and you left her with this. I I really feel like it would kind of be like um, hearing Alicia Keys and Mashonda talk. And did you see Mashonda's Breakfast Club interview? Mm-mm, I haven't watched it. Well, they yeah. brought up a lot of her like they tried to bring up her like old tweets and stuff that she said about Alicia Keys. And she really didn't, she addressed it, but she didn't really like dive into it. Cause she was like moving on, which I thought was, I mean, smart for, for her position. But I feel like it would be one, it would be one of those moments where people would be like, well, that's not what you said back then. Like <laughs> back then you were saying this back then you were saying that, like, people would really bring bring no bring the evidence of yeah this is really what happened yeah because it's i mean you could bring it up but at the end of the day that's not going to change it right and it's like you have to find a way to cope because it's not going to change right you know at the end of the day with um sheree jada's still going to be there she's still got a child with him even though he's grown they still got to find some way to work it out. Exactly. And so it's like you could be mad, but it's not going to change the dynamics of the whole situation. So you just got to kind of deal with it. You kind of got to deal with it. Yeah. And some it can suck, especially for like if you're the like in um, Mashonda and Swiss Beats and Alicia Keys situation. It's like Mashonda. A lot of it seems like Mashonda just had to like deal with it more because she was the one that like 
was is was left alone and all of those other things and like she wanted the marriage apparently and all that good stuff but that's kind of like i mean truthfully at some point in time you got to move past it um but one of the things that really really stood out me and i really wanted to dissect uh was the dynamics they're both of their individual views on marriage (coughs) will smith saying like say it again yeah, I was like, I wonder how they coexist together. Yeah, so Will Smith saying since he was five, he has always thought about his family and his marriage and having children and what he, what it was going to look like. And it's interesting because I was, as he said that, I was like, that's so funny. I remember being a kid and always saying like, oh, you know, can't wait to have like my wife and my children and I want five kids and yada, yada, yada. And that was like my thing. And then when Jada, when Jada was like, I don't, what did she say? She said, yeah, I didn't like the construct of marriage. She said, I didn't agree with it. And I still don't today. And I was like, that's powerful. <laughs> that to me was like, dang, because there's so many people that, um, I was having a conversation with, uh, a, one of my new colleagues about marriage. And she was just like, yeah, I think it's pointless. Um, and I was like, really, that's not, something that I hear every day from a woman. Um, and she was just like, yeah, I just don't think. And I don't want to like put her business out there, but yeah, she was just was like, it, yeah, just one of those things where she thinks all oh, men cheat. Cause I know a lot of my friends know have that perspective. What's interesting is she is married. <laughs> oh, and so that's the thing that was kind of like, whoa, like, that's really interesting. And she was just like, we started to, like, dissect it. Some certain stuff I don't want to say without because I don't want to be like, yeah, I think it might be kind of obvious of who I'm talking about to some, maybe to somebody. But anyway, um, but yeah, she was just like, yeah, I'm married. And I don't believe like, yeah, just, I just I don't I don't like it. And so when when Jada Pinkett said that, I was like, wow, it's interesting. It was also interesting that she followed it up by saying like, um, you know, the generally accepted, like conventional role that she's supposed to play as a wife. Like that's what she doesn't like. She doesn't like this whole, like, well, because you have the title of a wife, you got to do this and you can't do this and you're not supposed to do this. You got to talk this way, act this way, be this way. And it was interesting when she said that because I feel like, growing up and like becoming an adult and aging and relationships and stuff like that, that actually is kind of one of the sour things about marriage to me. I was just like, it just seems at some point in time that like, there's all of these like social norms that you automatically have to put on and do. And it's like, but what if that doesn't fit in this situation? Or what if that doesn't fit in this person's personality? Or what if that doesn't fit, you know, their specific relationship how does is and people kind of almost frown upon it if it's not done that way one of the things i always recognize too i think a part of the my openness to think differently about like how marriages should look differently is because i was raised by my mom and so there's a lot of stuff that here i hear people say like oh you know a woman's supposed to do that she need a man to do that my mom it was um, two weeks ago or maybe a few weeks ago, bought a lawnmower and cut her own grass because she just wanted to. Like, she was just like, I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of paying the yard, man. <laughs> I'm tired of waiting for them to come. It grass need to be cut. I'm going to the store. I'm buying my own lawnmower, and I'm doing it. And I'm like, that's the type of mentality. That's what I grew up around. I grew up around a woman 
doing everything and being able to do everything. And like, there were certain things that she didn't want to do. And I've seen like my mom, you know, be sad and cry about this and all this other stuff. But it was like, I've seen her kind of do everything. And so for me, kind of getting into a situation where somebody says, well, I can't do this or I don't want to do this, or you just got to do this because you're a man and I'm a woman to me is really weird. I'm like, yo, that's so weird. That don't make sense. Like, I don't know. You tell like somebody being like, oh, you were, I remember telling one of my mentors in college that like I cooked and he was like, you need to stay out of the kitchen. What? Men ain't supposed to be in the kitchen. And I was just like, see the way my life is set up. That's never been a thing. Like my mom intently made sure I knew how to cook. And so when my sisters could get a break from going in the kitchen, I had to be in the kitchen. Cause she was like, you're not finna make no woman like, your slave and you can't do nothing without her cooking like you're not finna do that and so i think my upbringing and the things that i saw was just so non-conventional that kind of seeing those things and seeing how and don't get me wrong i'm not saying everybody in a marriage does it or every married couple does that because i've actually met some really like progressive married couples and it's really interesting seeing how that like their dynamic works but it just it kind of resonated me from both ends like when Jada was like, yeah, so I don't believe in marriage and I don't like it. Like, not that she doesn't believe in, but she's like, I don't like it. I don't like the idea and the construct of marriage. Like, I just don't like it. To death do, do us part, that means something to me. That's important. But all these whole, these rules of like, you got to do this and you got to do this. Uh-uh. Like, miss me with that. And then also seeing Will Smith be like, since I was a kid, I, I've always thought about my family. And like, you know, I wanted to be married and thought about, you know, my wife and and him saying, like, I'm motivated. You know, a woman motivated motivates me and like his family. I took that to me like a woman and his family motivates him. And I was like, yo, I can like identify with that, too. Like that that is powerful. Women are extreme you know, motivators and, and, and it's, it's, it's really dope, but seeing the two of them forge this relationship and having those perspectives, I was like, that's really interesting. Cause I almost feel like they make each other be a little more open to the other side. If you get mm-hmm. what I mean, like maybe from, like, si- they need those extremes to balance them out. Yeah. Like kind of, that's, that's how I see it. Like his, extreme passion and desire to be married and him and probably in the way that he responds to her being like, I am your husband. So I got to do this. I got to provide, I got to do all of this stuff. It probably opens her up a little bit to be like, okay, so I get that. And I'm open to that. But then I also hate all of these rules. And so her disdain for the rules or the kind of the, the structure of a marriage kind of opens him up too to be a little bit more like, flexible in his thoughts or even in his expectations because it was interesting he said like you know jada had kids and so she needed to be home to take care of her kids Mm -hmm. and when he said that i was like oh oh wait wait (laughs) but i i took that as that's probably one of those traditional things that like he was like well you're the mother you got to stay home and take care of the kids and she's just like F this like <laughs> I don't I never wanted to do this like I never wanted to get married I never wanted to have a wedding I didn't even want children like y'all forced me into all of this bull and now it's just like I can't take it no more you know what I mean like I feel it's like, almost like he wanted the car he wanted the fam the Fresh Prince family yeah yeah because you know she didn't uh Vivian didn't work she was just at home with the kids 
it's almost but what's crazy to me is that he has this anti-fear thing and so he lives where he continuously tries to conquer every fear because he lived in fear as a child but him living out this life put her in a state of perpetual fear right right it's crazy that's yeah and I, I, it, it's interesting too. I think that's probably why she she talks a lot about him, like inspiring her. Um, it's because it's like he is so fearless that her being in this space that she kind of moved based on her fear is kind of like, well, to see somebody else do that, it pushes me to want to do that too, you know. But then mm-hmm. also recognizing that maybe a part of why all of this fear came is because of the relationship you have with the, with this person, you know. It's, yeah. yeah, like the dot, their dynamics is so just from watching this too, I felt like I was like, yo, the dynamics here are so good because they're they're so different. And it just kind of makes me think it's it, it it's kind of like if you start to think about those dynamics, you start to think about where you fall in those dynamics and you start to think about like, or at least for me, like I start to think, OK, so where do I fall in this space with these like schools of thought? And I kind of always thought that you needed to find somebody that kind of has the same school of thought as you. But in this case, based on what they're saying, their school of thoughts don't align. And then they mention the things that like their school, of, the schools of thoughts really aligns with. And it was really interesting too. another thing that that kind of got me is when they said that they were aligned in knowing that they were together to intentionally build a family. Mm hmm. That's some kind of mission. Yeah. And I was like, you know, this is a very different way to look at relationship and family building. And I think like it's something that maybe we could all like as millennials take away, because I think we always kind of think it needs to be this like fairy tale. You know, you guys are meant for each other, the moon and the stars and all of this stuff, or at least that's kind of like what happens in my mind. And I'm like, you know, if it, you know when it when it's time, that'll when it'll happen, when all of that, you know, the stars align and all that crap happens, it's supposed to happen. But at this moment, I'm just kind of like focused on what I can, you know, what I'm what I'm doing now, what's important to me. I ain't got time. That's going to come with a lot of drama and stress and I'm not dealing with that. Um, but then realizing that, yo, here are two people that everybody's talking about, as you said, relationship goals. Everybody looks at their family is like, this is so great. You guys have these free thinking, extremely intelligent children, yada, yada, yada. You guys are so successful. But realizing that they disagree and they're almost polar opposites in so many areas. And one of the ways they said that they really aligned was that we are together to build a family. Mm-hmm. Huh. So it was like, it was like, and they didn't have a fairy tale story of getting together at all. Yeah. Their wedding was like jacked up. Yeah. Everything was just like, it was more like a command that he was like, you're going to be with me now. She's like, okay, <laughs> that's not a fairy tale at all. And you would think seeing the pictures, oh, they kind of wonder each other. Yeah. But now looking back at the pictures, you can see like, but it's interesting to me that even in his Instagram now, it's like he'll be being like super like affectionate and she'd be looking like, uh-huh, okay, I guess. Yeah. Like, and I think it's, it's, it's true to their personality. And that's why, I th- honestly, I think it's kind of cool. Like I'm almost... I probably am more interested in seeing them together now because again, I've always thought you needed to have, 
two, these two people have to be very similar in all of these these areas for it to work. But it's like, no, I'm watching two people that are like real different, real different. <laughs> you married, you've been married for 21 years and you say you hate marriage. <laughs> yeah. And the, the fact I was like, man, that don't hurt his feelings. Because I'm yeah, like, I'm yeah. looking at like, man, that would have been hurtful to me to look across somebody and be like, I never want to be married to you. And I'm just like, we've been married 20 years. Right. And think, but I I feel like, I guess for me, I'm like thinking about, think about the amount of openness and friendship that they have to have for her to make that, that claim and him not feel intimidated or feel upset or be embarrassed. And it's kind of like, I've learned to understand that part of her. Like I get it and I get what she's saying. And not only do I get what she's saying, I kind of put her through that. What she didn't like about, because I'm a wife, I got to do X, Y, and Z. That became her life. And I watched her cry because she was unhappy because of this. And so now I really get when she says like she wants to go and do the red table talk in our house and turn our house into a studio. And I realize why I got to shut up and allow that to happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. it's like, I don't know. I'm just I just got real fascinated and like, yo, y'all seem like I've oh, and maybe it's too because I've. It kind of falling into like, man, if Will and Jada get divorced, ain't nobody going to make it. Like, that's just like <laughs> the standard, you know? And mm-hmm. it, it being like, whoa, this standard is not in the standard that I w- we would traditionally think that it is. They're mm-hmm. not out here both like, I mean, yes, they're madly in love, so I don't want to say that. But they're not out here like wishing for this fairy tale and feel like we're blissfully living in a fairy tale. Nah, fam. One person was out here for a long time trying to build a fairy tale. The other person said she kept telling them the house too big. I don't want it. The car too big. I don't want it. You want to do this? I don't want it. I don't want it. No, no, no. And it's like, dang. And y'all found a way to still be together. That is really dope. Like, and that that makes sense why she pushes her children to be that free because she's absolutely. probably pushing them because it's like maybe Willow is who she always wanted to be I never even thought about that until you just said that that makes so much sense because wow. it's like they're like such a they seem like such free spirits on a like extreme level um, and it's like it doesn't seem to be a, and both of them seem to be kind of polished even in their presentation mm-hmm. um the only time you see jada kind of um going when she had that rock group rock band yeah yeah like every other time you see them kind of hitting in this like hollywood couple that's what they give off and they're right. kids, free spirit almost like on some hippie type stuff and that makes sense though just like, she's trying to live through her children well, I, I don't know if live, yeah, but I think kind of give them something that she didn't have. Like, make sure that, yo, you, if you want to do it, if that is what you feel, go after that and go after that with like a vengeance. Like, be extremely passionate because I didn't do that. And now I'm trying to, you know, get into that space. So, for the past however many years, I've been working to get into that space. For myself, because I for I like didn't go. I for win it. Like I just said, hey, like you know, I'm just gonna pass it up. But then also, I can see like, hey, I had children, and you know, I've been able to do this, and I'm so proud of my husband, and we afforded all these opportunities because of the decision I made. And now, like, let's really go after it. That's really dope. That's, I mean, dope. Just in the, the thinking about like, I never made the connection of 
in watching that like yo that's probably why she pushes them to be so free because she wasn't and or just live without fears because she lived with so much fears and will in himself like he i guess because of his childhood he's like wanting to face all the fears like i just want to be fearless i want to be fearless so you will breed you know two extremely bold fearless children yeah and i think what it, when i was like look and i'm when she's saying this stuff and she was like i didn't want to be married still don't and i'm like who that took I breathed hard. Like, oh, that would hurt my feelings. <laughs> but then I saw an interview later. She was like, you know, people are saying, Oh, I saw the red table talk. Y'all are so open about what y'all dealing with. And she was like, This is not new to us. This is stuff we worked through. Like she I think she's like forty seven now. Yeah. And they have been at forty where she had that breakdown. So they've had seven years to process. Mm. So it's like you're getting what we worked and talked through already. Right, right. So it's like it's new to you, but it's not new to us. It's not new to us. We've and already, that, yeah. That teaches us a lesson too to not share our process too soon. True. Now that's good. That's super good. Because you can't. Some of us extra sharing the story uh, every day on social media. It's like, nah, let's let you work through that because that's a lot. Yeah. Like, work through that first and then let's share later because it's like a healthier. Like, you don't damage. Like, we're like, I wonder if Sheree know this. I wonder if, like, you have, if you haven't processed it with other people, your sharing can hurt them. Exactly. Exactly. And, honestly, if you haven't fully processed it, though, with yourself, whatever their response is or the public's response can hurt you. It can re-injure mm-hmm. you. Like, you just, like... It's not completely healed, but you thought it was or you was trying to make it completely healed. And then you you end up in this space where somebody says the right thing that triggers you or says something that you didn't think about in that process. And you're like, you know what? I don't want to do this no more. I hate it. That's Mm -hmm. yeah, that's hmm. So anyway, we have talked about the red table talk. I think our our show was probably longer than their show. (laughs) (laughs) But um, y'all hit us up. Use the hashtag ChatBC. Hit us up and let us know what y'all think about the red table talk. Obviously, we thought it was really dope and really insightful. Um, But what things did you guys get from it? Let us know. Use the hashtag ChatBC. Hit us up on Twitter at Brunch Culture and on Instagram at Brunch underscore Culture. And we will be back with our toast, toast or roast. All right, we're back with our toast or a roast. Today, I'm going to toast. Well, it's kind of an admonishment. Um, I want to toast or admonish us to get out the vote. Um, this is midterm elections. Um, showing for the midterm elections usually is low. Uh, but I want to encourage y'all to get out and vote. You can't complain if you don't vote. This is your opportunity to voice your opinion in a way that matters. So I challenge you to get out the vote. And I want to toast all those who are early voting. I will vote tomorrow. I'm mm-hmm. excited about it. And, um, yeah, just get out to vote. Make sure you're informed on the amendments, not just the governor's race or the senators, but your the things that affect your local community. Right. Um, because a lot of politics are local. And sometimes we focus on the big ones that we miss stuff in our local community. And that's how we get this stuff in our community that we got and so I'm um, there's just some candidates I'm excited about um a young guy up and comer in our community for super school board superintendent and I'm just you know as we talked about earlier I think you know we have to be really informed informed on the 
the local level about how stuff affects educational systems. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, get out to vote and salute to those who are voting early. Um, salute to those and toast to those who are voting. Um, it's November 8th, right? Uh, wait, it's a, I thought it was the 7th. Hold on. No, 6th. Lord. November 6th. 6th. It's Tuesday. Yeah. I know it's the it's the November and it's a Tuesday. Yeah. So uh, November sixth, vote and early vote if you can. Whichever one is more convenient for you, but do it. Dope. So I'm actually gonna roast those woke people that are saying voting doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> for all of the things that we know, I feel like if you guys listen to our show, you have heard us talk about voting before and also talk about how ignorant it is for people to say that oh voting doesn't matter doesn't do anything yada 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 you don't vote yet you complain about uh the trump administration you complain about there being potholes in your city in your neighborhood you complain about crime and jobs and minimum wage and all this stuff but you don't vote but you also don't recognize that if your vote really didn't matter, do you think that people would be spending millions of dollars and spending so much time and energy to stop you from voting um, to try to, you know, remap districts to make sure that certain a certain party stays in power in a certain area? If it were that if it were as simple as saying that these powers that be make the decision and voting has no impact or influence, trust you and me. We would not see people go after your vote as much as possible. So if you are one of those, quote unquote, woke people that's out here saying voting doesn't matter and I don't vote and I'm not registered to vote and I ain't going to vote. I'm roasting you because it's really stupid. And actually, the Chicago Tribune has this article says that it's entitled the hypocrisy of the in quotes woke Americans who don't vote. Check it out. It was published on October 18th. Yes, we're talking to you. If you are woke and you don't vote or you're a person that quote unquote cares and you don't vote, you're stupid. Stop being stupid. <laughs> and that's my roaster this week. <laughs> well, we have a good vibe for this week as we do every week. And the good vibe says pretending to be savage won't heal that hole in your heart. And I just think it's phenomenal because sometimes we think that being rude or nasty or hateful to others will make us feel better where it might give you some momentary satisfaction but it really just um furthers the hurt and the hole in your heart so get healed get help figure out what's wrong because a healed person usually is a kind person hey come on (laughs) Get healed, then, get help. Say that again. <laughs> goodness gracious. I'd be like, y'all, you can't convince me you happy and you nasty. Right. I, I just be confused. It'd be like, right. my life is so great, but you nasty to people. I just don't, that doesn't make sense. And you're always Happy's mad. Cool. You're always yeah. mad. You're always talking about somebody. This person said this, and this person did this. And I don't like this person, and this person get on my nerves. And it's like, man, are you really happy? <laughs> yeah. Happy people don't talk like that. And yeah. then, yeah. On social media, talking about you got to cut a new season of cutting people off. Jesus. Don't you hate those people that be like, yo, so this girl that I went to school with, she used to do it all the time. She would make these like Facebook announcements that she going to cutting season. And if I don't talk to you or haven't talked to you and you search for me tomorrow and I'm on that, just know you cut. I mean, I'm taking out the fat in my life and the people off my so my Facebook page out. It was like, yo, just shut up and do it. Like, why you got these announcements? And those posts would come like <laughs> monthly. 
you have a problem picking friends if you always got to cut them. Yeah. And like, I mean, even it's <laughs> Facebook, like, yo, mute them. Like, it just, or just don't, I, I can get somebody saying like, yo, I don't want to see what you post or I don't like the energy that you give. So I'm going to take it off. So it's not in my sight. That's cool. But just do that. You ain't got to like make this preliminary. It was almost like you were seeing who was going to comment to see who looks at your post to see who's paying attention to you. Like it's, it's really like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it usually be only targeted at one to two people that exactly. they upset with. That they that they upset with they or really trying to get from. attention from. Yeah, like <laughs> all right. And all of us, everybody on Facebook, got to suffer because you mad at one person. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all, y'all keep that keep that uh, kind energy, <laughs> uh, and give it to people because being savage won't help. So thank you for listening to another week of Brunch Culture. We appreciate you coming and joining us um, and and listening. Hashtag ChatBC to join the conversation. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com backslash Brunch Culture. On Twitter at Brunch Culture. On uh, Instagram at Brunch underscore Culture. Did I get those right? Yep, that's it. Okay. Yeah, I always forget. Um, <laughs> make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, um, Spreaker, iHeartRadio. We are literally everywhere um, for you to hear at your uh, pleasure. We hope that this week you've enjoyed the episode. Email us at brunchculturebc at gmail.com. If you want us to talk about something that you haven't heard us talk about that you're real passionate about and you want to hear our opinion on, we would love to um dive into that uh, for you. And remember, here at Brunch Culture, everything is up for discussion.